Welcome to the Futurista podcast, career advice for Gen Z girls. Our mission here at Futurista is to inspire the next generation and help teens discover their dream careers. We do this through the stories and mentorship of today's role models. I'm Lauren, a Gen Z, joined by Tanya, a millennial. Hi. And we're excited to be your hosts today. This week, we're interviewing Alina Ruda, professional travel photographer, book author, and creative director. She also started Bell Collective, a community of female explorers changing the gender stereotypes about travel and creative choices. We're going to get to know Alina and her story, how she came to be a photographer, who inspired her along the way, and where she's going next. We'll discuss the importance of role models and then the pressure girls face today with stereotypes around careers and how to overcome them. Later, we'll also talk about finding your creative style in photography. I especially love this episode because Alina and I have been friends forever. We studied in the same art university in Berlin. She has always been this amazing creative inspiration to me, and I'm just really excited to share her story with you. So grab your camera. It's time to meet Alina. My name is Alina Rudia. Uh, I'm originally from Ukraine, from Kiev. I'm, I'm living in Berlin for the past 10 years already. I'm a photographer. Usually I call myself a travel photographer. Right now it's kind of hard to describe myself as that because I'm not traveling for the past few months for obvious reasons. But I'm a travel photographer and a book author and um, creative director as well. I've studied visual communication in Berlin, as well as photography. Also studied for a while in Parsons School of Design in New York. Um, Yeah, that's basically the short introduction. (laughs) Traveling is the dream for a lot of girls. What does your day-to-day look like? My profession requires that I travel quite a lot. Uh, I mean, I don't only do travel photography. I also work with clients in Berlin uh, and it's not always concentrated on travel per se, but sometimes I travel somewhere in order to take like, portraits or car photography, like uh, automotives. But generally I uh, am out of Berlin um, sometimes two to three weeks in a month, sometimes a little bit less, of course, depends on the project. I mean, many people think that being a travel photographer means being on a constant holiday, which is not uh, the case. Most of the time, I don't really have a lot of time to just uh, relax. I always have a camera in my hand, always ready to shoot. So that means that I'm shooting sometimes from the morning till the evening, depending on the light, of course. Also, most of the time, the best light is early in the morning or late in the evening. I'm, I don't like waking up early, but that's um, the best shots are probably in the morning. So that, that is what's happening usually during the day. If I'm not working on a, like active learning project, then I'm working on the pictures or on the videos. I uh, cut the videos or I'm editing the pictures at home. Uh, usually I do it at home. I sometimes I work outside in cafes, but most of the time it's at home. I loved hearing about your day. How did you decide to follow this career path? Well, my father, um, I always tell the story, but my father was a nuclear physicist, but he also was an amateur photographer. 
So we had a lot of cameras around the house and uh, lying around the house. And he was always taking pictures on every holiday. That was a little bit annoying as well because <laughs> he was always with a camera taking pictures of me and my mom. And unlike nowadays when the women, usually like Instagram girls, they're always like, yeah, take a picture of me. Back in the day, we were like, no, don't take a picture, go away. But uh, I was obviously introduced to photography quite at an early age. And... Uh, Probably when I was around 14, I started thinking of it as a some kind of a career, but I I didn't figure out until I was in my early 20s, like uh, until I actually finished my studies at the university in political science, that I actually can do this as a profession. That's when I've decided to go to Berlin to study photography in a photography school. So that was uh, that was starting point of my kind of like professional career, unlike the previous years when it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, hobby. I mean, I started the university at 16, and at the time, like everybody was going into uh, either into law or mm. or economics. It was like the two main, like where everybody was going. And since I, other than my visual love for photography, which I didn't even think as of a career because I, we don't have really photography schools, professional photography schools in Ukraine, and mm. I at that time was kind of. A, also always thinking like oh what will i will i be able to make money with and i didn't know any photographers who made money with their work at that time so i would wouldn't even think of becoming a photographer really professionally so i went into political science because it was seemed like something quite vague broad enough in order to maybe do something different with it later so i thought oh i will study this and then i can write about politics maybe or do but I wasn't really sure, you know, it yeah. was way too early. 16 is way too early yeah. to really choose a career unless yeah. you're Same. bored with it, you know. Right. Same with me. I had like a very similar, I went to study electrical engineering because <laughs> I also was like, okay, like I like to draw, but what can I do with it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we love hearing about the inspiration you received from your father. Where else do you draw your inspiration from? I have to admit that I'm good at it in a, in a way. Like, you know, you are inspired by also results of your work. And of course, I've noticed that this is something I'm good at. And I'm proud of doing things which then people either like or just also get inspired by. So, of course, I'm a very inspired by the success in a way, not always financial success, of course, but just basically when I have a plan in my head and then I create something and then this is something totally satisfying to see the result of your work exactly how you imagine it to be. So that is an inspiration. And of course, traveling. I mean, I wanted to travel since I was a little girl, like even before I wanted to be a travel photographer, I wanted to be an adventurer and traveler. Uh, I used to uh, read National Geographic magazines, which my dad brought from the U.S. to Ukraine back then. And then when I realized that um, being an adventurer or a traveler is not something of the past, you know, not the pirates and all these like stories <laughs> we've read in these uh, in the histor- historical books, but that it's still possible nowadays to actually like visit all these beautiful countries. Back then, I didn't know how to do it. I was just very excited about it, but um, then uh, I mean it somehow came came around and um, this is still my biggest inspiration probably so far that I can travel and see the world just like I imagined myself when I was a child. It's so amazing that you're able to follow your childhood dreams. 
What are some things that you're grateful for in your role and is there anything that drives you a bit crazy? Maybe give us an insight to the not so glamorous parts. I've been blessed. I don't want to use this word, but I am still uh, capable of choosing most of the time my own projects. I work with the companies I really like working with. Earlier in my, uh, when I just started, uh, I had to do stuff just for the money because I was a student. I didn't know, like, you know, I needed to actually finance my, my, my life in Berlin. So I was doing maybe like weddings and stuff, which I am not really I was interested in doing like all those kind of jobs. So that, that wasn't very inspirational, but now I have this privilege of choosing my own clients and I have some great ones. So I'm really glad working with them. And uh, unfortunately, sometimes there are moments where there is some routine coming in and everyone I think would be happy to do only things they really, really like. But then there are other things like uh, do, writing the invoices or doing your taxes, which is uh, yeah. part of everybody's job uh, most of the time. And that is the part I really don't like. I mean, even though invoicing is not a very hard thing to do, is it like just the, 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 the fact that you have to do it always like makes me, in a, uh, brings me in a, in a moody situation just mm -hmm. because I really uh, hate doing that. <laughs> You have over 92,000 followers on Instagram. That's amazing. How did you grow your following? Well, to be honest, I mean, of course, it was a bit of a luck or maybe it was just pure luck that I got kind of noticed on Instagram. I was studying in a photography school and I didn't know how to find clients. And I'm still quite bad at actually like trying to find clients. Usually they find me through my Instagram, which was like a real breakthrough and which actually helped my career a lot. I have to be thankful to this platform because at some point I've got noticed. I started building some audience on Instagram. So a lot of clients, they came to me as to a kind of an influencer. So they saw that I have a, like, I don't know, 40, 60,000 followers. So they would um, hire me as an influencer but then of course they saw that I'm a professional photographer so they would require actually for me to create photos instead of just uh, like you know attracting likes uh, and this is the part which was the the great part about it that I still can use my Instagram as my portfolio so that people actually notice me as a photographer through this platform. Wow how has this Instagram fame affected your life? What are your thoughts on social media in general? Well, there are certain rules of Instagram, unwritten rules, especially visually, which work for people. So of course, if you are like start earning money with through Instagram, you're kind of like, oh, this picture is getting more likes. So probably people like that. So I will do more pictures like that. And that, of course, can totally restrict you to this kind of Instagram mm -hmm language which a lot of people are doing and this is why for example those kind of stereotype prevails like for example that with female travel you know there's like oh this kind of like beautiful girl in a beautiful dress in front of this beautiful uh, building totally works so instead of actually this girl taking camera and taking pictures of the building from a different angle she would just ask somebody to take a picture of her instead so of course that uh, for many because it's their livelihood and they make money with it after they become influencers they, it changes their visual language 
Uh, and um, it also impacted me a lot, but uh, I never go totally against my beliefs or vis vision to create something which is only made for Instagram. But I think a lot of people do, and I cannot blame them because as I said, we're all human beings who need to pay rent, who need to eat. And sometimes you have to do some kind of, um, not a sacrifice, but a compromise in order to be relatable to more people. <laughs> and especially if you have a huge audience, of course, you are kind of, you want to please them. And sometimes it's not a bad thing at all. Like it depends. Mm -hmm. What would you tell young girls who want to follow in your footsteps? I, I think that it's very important. I know that for every young girl, there should be always a, a role model. I think there's still lack of role models in photography, especially for young girls and any kind of profession which is dominated uh, in the industry still dominated by male it's kind of hard to find your own place because i think a lot of women uh, little girls nowadays also teenage girls and like young women they if they want to go into photography they always see those examples of you know fashion bloggers or uh, some kind of lifestyle photographers and they think this is probably the only path because this is so stereotypically female Mm -hmm. just because they see it all the time on, on social media. And this is why, for example, I found Bell Collective, the collective of uh, professional female travel photographers who are not usually being photographed by somebody else while they're traveling, but they're actually actively creating travel photos. Instead of being users, they are actually active uh, photographers. And this is why I think it's very important to realize that as, as a girl, as a boy as well that you there are so many possibilities and that you have to discover if you for example really want to travel but you don't know anyone and everybody tells you oh you're so pretty you should be like a blogger maybe you shouldn't listen to them and go where your heart lies like if you want to do something you should be able to do it without the pressure from outside or without those kind of stereotypes which which you are bombarded with I know it is very hard because, as I said, most girls are still at this age, at a young age. They are constantly uh, influenced by the social media. And of course, if they yeah. don't be somebody who will be different, it's hard for them to be that kind of self-confident to just do yeah. what they in initially probably want, but don't know how to start because they just don't know how. So this is why we have to create this kind of space for them to understand that there's so many opportunities other than those kind of cliche opportunities which they see all the time. I love the Bell Collective initiative. I think it's so important for the girls nowadays to see positive role models in photography. How do you overcome the fear that comes with going after your dreams? Um, yeah, I mean, I uh, always remember uh, I was kind of not shy, but I was always like very afraid of rejection. And I think a lot of people don't start doing stuff because they're afraid that somebody will laugh at them or that they will just get a no. And I remember I've met this girl in Germany when I was around 20 and she was 25. And she told me how she was knocking on all the doors and she had a dream job working in a particular company. And they told her no, like five times before they actually accepted her as an intern. And uh, I realized that sometimes it's really worth pushing through mm -hmm. 
and if you're confident that this is exactly what you want to do, then what's the worst thing which could happen? Like somebody will say a no to you, so what? It's not the worst thing. So I thought that actually it's a great advice that if you want to be successful in some particular field, you have to really try to knock on all the doors, try to get like internships, try to sell your photos, uh, try to meet all the editors. And like, you know, in the beginning, I also tried to get a job and I would have a horrible portfolio. I would not be prepared. I would not, instead of like 10, my best pictures, I would give them like thousands, just like random pictures, which obviously nobody wanted to look through because now I know it before I, I did not, but I think this kind of experience helped me um, realize what, uh, uh, how to do the things right right now. So I think this is a good advice, I hope, for others as well. Putting yourself out there is so important. But oftentimes, girls are worried they'll be judged for chasing their dreams and not accepted by their peer group. How do you deal with peer pressure? So in my, in my case, my father was my best friend. He was always supporting me. He never treated me as a girl. He always treated me as like as a per, his child, but like as a person. So he never told me, oh, this is not a girly thing to do. This is not like, for example, we were reading books with him and it was always like books about adventures, like about, usually it's like boys were in these adventures because these were all his old books. So it was like Huckleberry Finn, Captain Courages, and all this kind of like stories about young boys going on adventures. And I remember like, I didn't see them as boys. I was like, oh, look at these cool kids who are like me. And they were doing all this cool, fun stuff. And I think my father really inspired me to choose a career I wanted. So I, I have to admit, I was never really pushed or forced to do what I didn't want to do. I was really inspired by my parents, especially my father. Tell us something you've learned along the way that serves you well today. I definitely learned uh, one thing is that uh, I've read this kind of technique about like eating a frog. That means mm-hmm. that if you have like a task you really don't want to do, you have to do it first because after you do it, this kind of feeling of success in this kind of like really hard and mundane task, it will like lift you up to like it gives you the energy to like the perform better in all the smaller tasks. So it's, it, it really, it doesn't always work. Sometimes I really don't want to swallow the frog, but sometimes I'm like, okay, for example, I need to write five invoices. I'm going to do them. And when I do them and I, when I check them all in my list, like, oh, I did it. And then I see that the list is so small. Now I'm so inspired. I'm really happy. And that lifts my mood and that definitely helps. Yeah. So yeah, I think this is a very good advice however you want to call it, but yeah, swallowing the frogs, doing the most annoying and <laughs> big task in the beginning of the day will really help you with all other tasks and with feeling good about yourself. <laughs> yeah. Where are you going next? Are you satisfied? Uh, I think I'm the person who would never be satisfied with the heights I'm reaching <laughs> because I always have a, this feeling that I'm not doing enough. And that's probably because of my brain, which is always active, searching for new stuff to do. And since I was a child, I didn't have one particular thing. I was like really good at, and then the rest was like behind you. I was always like very creative. So I wanted to like, oh, I want to write a book and I want to photograph and I want to draw. And I want, so nowadays I'm always thinking, oh, I can do something new, something different and something 
even like go on the next level. So I think it's not about like having a peak. It's about always finding new things to learn and new things to do, which is motivating me. And I think this is uh, this is why I will never be actually really like, oh, this is the also because it's it's not very satisfying knowing that, oh, at the age of 30 something, you know, I've reached the pinnacle and then it all goes down from that and will never be better than that. You know, it's like, <laughs> why live then? <laughs> yeah. Now let's move on to the creative side of things. What's your best tip for finding your style in photography? <laughs> the thing is that I think it's actually helpful in the beginning is to copy other people. I know it sounds like, oh, you shouldn't be copying others, but for in the beginning of a career, especially when you're just an amateur and you haven't been going to an art school, you don't know how light works, how like shutter speed works, you don't know anything. But then you like maybe stumble onto an Instagram of someone and you really love their work. Maybe just try to recreate like a, a particular picture you really like. Uh, this is where the confusion comes in. You don't have to sell it as, a, as your own idea. But just for your, for your own practice, just take a picture where, for example, a model is photographed with a particular light and try to recreate it. Because th in this way, you will see like how it works and you will find your own path in it. And I think in the beginning, like copying others as a tool of learning is very, very, is very, very helpful. Uh, mm -hmm. Then later, of course, don't copy others, don't steal uh, others' work. I actually I hear that advice from um, like from illustrators because mm -hmm. I like maybe that's like a more popular advice in there and uh, mm -hmm. even like to the point that if you do copy somebody's work in the beginning and if you want to you can always just uh, credit them and say that you have been an inspiration yeah. to me and uh, but think about it in, in, the, uh, in the field of uh, painting for example or in the history art history you've had always like oh he was a student of mm -hmm. Rembrandt and this is why in the beginning he was totally copying his style and you can see the influence but then after after a while he developed his own voice and this is this is where you see like yeah of course you're first influenced by somebody else you cannot just like out of the blue come up unless you're like a genius and let's also this is a very important thing to say 99% of people including you 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 me everyone we're not genius lucky to be a, above average maybe in something but we're not unique this is also a thing which I think a lot of like nowadays this culture is promoting that everybody's unique. No, you're not like be the best you can be, but don't try to create something absolutely unique because you are in 99% of cases, you're aimed for failure because it's like, it's inventing something. It doesn't take only talent. It also takes a lot of luck and, Timing should be perfect. So don't aim for creating something new. Aim for creating something which is good and good enough. And then if it turns out into something genius, then you're lucky and good for you. But if not, then you shouldn't be disappointed because I think nowadays a lot of young people, they're like, you know, they start with the YouTube channel and they're like, like I don't have thousand followers in the first day. Like I'm totally gonna give up. Yeah, don't. You have to pursue. Mm -hmm. We're grateful for Alina's tough love and for taking us deep into overcoming stereotypes. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Check out our social channels at Bifuturista to learn more about Alina and get some helpful tips. 
and sign up to our email list at bfuturista.com to be the first to know about new episodes and updates to our platform and ambassador program. If you love the podcast, it would mean the world to us if you could subscribe, review, and share with your friends. We appreciate you. Until the next time.